0: Hallelujah. Well, let's see if we can get going here. Um, If you have your Bibles or your devices, I know the ladies are fired up. I hear they had a wonderful ladies meeting. Praise God. Genesis, the 11th chapter, if you have a moment. Praise the Lord. Genesis, the 11th chapter, verses 27 through 32. Please remember all of those that are out still sick, some of us, and those that have requested prayer all the way to Columbus, Brother Scott Hilt, Sister Davidson. If you know um, Sister Oliver um, that spoke at the ladies' conference many times, um, you want remember that. Thank you so much. Boy, do I have a great son-in-law? Or what? You got fries? Can I have fries with that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Genesis 11th chapter, verses 27 through 32. <clears throat> now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran Haran begat Lot. Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Earl of the Chaldees. How many are still with me? And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. The name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Saran was barren, she had no child. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth from them from Earl of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. They came unto Haran and dwelt there. The days of Terah were two hundred and five years. Terah died in Haran. Let's say Terah died in Haran. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. And make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and I'll curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Hallelujah to that. So Abram departed. Let's say Abram departed. As the Lord had spoken unto him, Lot went with them. Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Praise God. I want to preach to you this morning for a few moments from this topic, It's Moving Day. It's Moving Day. Phil, can you help me with these boxes? If you just. Praise God. Lord bless you. may be seated. Sometimes when we have an object lesson, sometimes, I know it's for me, I can remember things a little better. If I have a visual picture. How many like that? That's why when we were young, it was easier to read a comic book than it was a real book. You're still like me. The first thing you pick up when you see a paper is the comics. Yeah, okay, that'll work. It's moving day. How many like to move? I hate it. When I was at my other job, it was, it was even a chore to move across the hall. One resident stuff over to this room. Now, the place I work at now, got a moving crew. I don't touch none of that stuff anymore. I just say, hey, we need to move. Let's go. <laughs> Great, isn't it? In 2019, the stats on Americans moving, the average American moved 11.7 times in a lifetime. How many has gone beyond that? We had a family when I grew up back home in Columbus. They moved so many times, they actually had lawn furniture as their furniture. Isn't that crazy? Folded it all up. This guy, one year, he moved down the street. He moved on the street on this side. Then he moved over on the other side around. He can't, how, how? Kids like stability, I think, that, and families like stability, that everything's stable and everything can grow that way. But uh, I'm just talking about moving. For the first time on record in the United States, fewer than 10% moved in 2019, which tells me that people are staying put. This is before all the COVID-19 stuff. So now that's probably even lower because people are afraid to move. How many heard that? People are afraid to move. They don't want to. Sometimes people nowadays with this COVID stuff still hanging around, uh, everything has to be sanitized before I go in there and before I move in there. Everything's got to be clean and all that kind of stuff. So we won't really spend a lot of time on that as to uh, causes and stuff. Saturday, if you were in the PGA, this is for us golfers. Moving day is called moving day on Saturdays because it's where the competitors try to set themselves up for the final push on Sunday. As a result, you'll frequently see certain players advance up and down the leaderboard by leaps and bounds. Other players will collapse under the pressure, and they'll slide quickly, knowing that simply by making the cut, they've assured themselves of a decent share of the purse. So in the PGA, moving refers to journeying up or down the leaderboard. That's if you are a golf professional. Those people on moving day take risks. They do things that they normally wouldn't do. They take shots that they normally wouldn't because they want to move up the board. Because they want to lie and they want to end up higher up on the leaderboard to improve their position. And possibly even win the tournament. Who knows? Anyway, you do things you don't normally do on moving day, don't you? I don't normally lift mattresses and kick them up the stairs on moving day, but you do on moving day. I like to sit back and relax the glass of tea, you know, push the recliner around, do things like that, and just have everything kind of the same because it's nice and comfortable that way. In Genesis, the first chapter, the Bible says the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That tells me that nothing really happens until God moves. Aren't you glad you're in a place where you can see and you can feel that God moves? I'm glad I'm in a church that I know that God moves. I don't want to go to a place where I can't feel the presence of God. I want to go to a church and be involved. I want to put my effort and my life into some place that I know that God moves. Imagine if you were the Israelite people moving around and going to wherever God led them. And as the Bible talks about the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day when they wandered in the desert looking for wherever God wanted them to go. But when they, whenever the cloud would move, they had to pack up and move. Whenever the pillar of fire would move, they had to pack up and move. It was a big deal to move back then. It was a big deal, and it is a big deal spiritually in your life that when God moves, I've got to move with him. It's not time to just sit back and say, oh, well, let's just kick back and let somebody else move the heavy boxes. Let's let somebody else do all the heavy lifting. Let's let somebody else. Can't we figure this out? What Can't we just stay where we're at? I don't want to stay where I'm at, spiritually speaking. I want to move when God moves, don't you? I want to keep up with the church. And I've got to know that and understand that in my life, that if I want to go to heaven, if I want to see Jesus, if I want to end up in heaven in the streets of gold with my families and my friends in the church, I must keep up with the church. And when God says to move, I've got to move. Problem is sometimes we become accustomed to just, oh, well. I don't want to be just, oh, well, I want the Spirit of God to move. Some basic things in church, there's some fundamentals. And um, one thing that I uh, just let you know in, and it's, it's easy, it's not a, a, a great mystery, is that you understand the physical when people are talking or teaching or explaining things, that they'll use the physical but you apply it spiritually. So when I say that it's moving day, it doesn't mean we're going to move up and change the address. When I say that it's moving day, it doesn't mean you have to do the same thing. That you have to physically move. And they, here's another thing: it's a buyer's market. It's not a. Oh, excuse me. It's a seller's market now in real estate. You can sell your house for a lot of money the bad thing is on the other end you've got to go now find some place to live and it's going to cost you more money than it is to just sit still ask the Locke family we've tried to move down up here for two years
1: how come you still
0: live in Naples because I'm not going to improve myself if I did it's going to cost me more Which, oh come on Rod you're adding the cost well Yeah, when you're my age you gotta add a lot of stuff. So I'm not talking physically when I'm talking about moving. Everybody understand that? You got the picture though. Got tape. Got boxes. I got this thing. How many has ever heard of the shoulder dolly? Where's Bradley? He knows how this works. Sometimes it takes two people to move your stuff. And listen, some of your stuff needs to be left. When God moves you spiritually, you don't need to drag stuff with you. That stuff, the junk, will hold you back. It's a burden. Just ask my wife there when we moved from Bible school in Minnesota down to Georgia. She, you're still not angry at me, are you? She doesn't know what I'm talking about. She will in a minute. Watch your face. <laughs> yeah, it's the lampshade. We had everything sent by air freight, which was cool. We put it in boxes and shipped it. and And her brother, Tim, Met at the, at the airport and put it all away, and it was kind of nice. But everything else we put in the car, if it wouldn't fit, it, it was either sold, if it wasn't sold, it was in the dumpster. So we were in a little Mustang, and the lampshade just wouldn't fit, Gary. It just wouldn't fit. So it went in the dumpster. It was a quiet ride, Minnesota to Georgia. <laughs> Because I threw her $3 lampshade away. Some things, yeah, okay, $2. (laughs) We had fun back then. Some things you can't take with you. I'm sorry. Now listen to me. Some stuff in your spiritual lives, I'm talking spiritual now. Some things that you want to keep will keep you back from God. I don't ever want something that I deem so important in my life that I can't leave it, that i got to move spiritually and say, Lord, that's not worth bothering with anymore because you've got something else for me somewhere else. I've got to have faith in God to know that he knows where I'm at, he knows what's going on in my life, and he knows the sacrifices and the stuff that I give up. It only works when you make your mind up to say, I've got to move. I'm not going to say too many things politically. Uh, I'll get through this chapter or this paragraph here and then we'll move on. But you have to agree that this world is a mess, it's getting worse. Um, I, I, I'm not going to take the time. It would take me the rest of the, the day, the rest of the afternoon, the rest of the evening to go through everything. But it's not what some people thought it would be. Anyway, uh, God's hand is in it. And you have to trust God enough. You ha- If there's not ever a reason to get involved in a church, If there's not ever a reason to get yourself more in tune with God, if there's not ever a reason to look into his word even more and to put stuff aside and to say, I need to seek God today more than ever, it's today. It's to listen to your news today. It's to read your paper today. It's to listen to what people are saying today. Oh, my God. to believe things, what we're seeing and reading about would have ever happened in the cities of America. So how can you remain unmoved by these things that we see? It's not time to ignore the present. Or if today you seem to be struggling with a problem in your life, it's not time to ignore it anymore. It's time to move spiritually with God. That's what all this is about. Please allow me to refer to John Fitzgerald Kennedy's speech on September the 12th, 1962. It's known as the Moon speech. You guys have heard that, I'm sure. It was in Rice University in Houston, Texas. And he's talking about, and I'm just going to read a couple of lines out of his speech that is used many times over. <clears throat> so it's not surprising that some would have us stay here. We are a little longer to rest, but to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and who rested And who wish to look behind them, this country was conquered by those who move forward, and so we will with space. And if I can take that statement that John Fitzgerald Kennedy said in 1962 and apply it to today, This church has not been made by people that just sat and waited for somebody else to do the job. This church and God's church that put all throughout all of the years, it's been done by people who said, I don't know what it is you want me to do, God, but I got to move and do it and get it done. I don't know how you're going to help me, but I know that you're on your throne. I know that you're for the church. I know that no matter what comes against me, you're for me. And I know you've called me out of darkness. We are going to have the greatest revival that this church has ever seen. I believe that. We can look and say, man, it's awful messy out there. It's pretty dark out there. Seems like Satan's going and doing whatever he wants at every will that he wants to take it. But I'm here to tell you, there's going to be a revival. God's going to have a mighty move. There's going to be an outpouring of his spirit. Why? Because he promised it. He promised it. He promised it. If you need something today from God, God's in this room to promise to deliver all you've got to do is make up your mind to move I want to be a part of it don't you I want to be involved as much as I possibly can be involved because God's going to have a revival Hebrews 11 the faith chapter how many believe God how many have faith in God we, are, we all are tried our faith is tried scripture says that when he comes back he wants to know if there's still faith there I still got to believe that God's in control Stuff I hear and things I read, and I said, "Come on, Lord, what's up?" But just hang on. Well, how do you get more spiritual, Raj? Do more spiritual things. What do you mean? Pray more. Read more of the Word. How would I do that? I would cut more of my time out and say, Lord, I'm not devoting stuff to Roger's stuff. I want to devote things to you. The more time I give to God, the more I develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. I think I've preached this many times over. I think you've heard this statement many times over. The more time I give to God, the better it's going to be. You don't need to fear Him. You don't need to find out. Some people don't do anything because they know that if they start in with God, they're going to have to give up some stuff. I'm too, I, I like living in Haran. I like living back there. Everything's just cool. God's brought us 600 miles from the Earl of the Chaldees and we're stuck here. I have no problem of relaxing and vacations and stuff like that. I love doing all that kind of stuff. But there's times for knees bent in the prayer room. There's times to pray for our law enforcement officers. There's times to pray for our country. And the devil wants to keep you from doing something. Anything that you haven't been doing, if you do a little bit more, is a step in the right direction. And you know God as much as I know God, that he will honor what little step you take. Tell me he won't go and and start parting the Jordan River. All you got to do is get your foot wet. You don't have to worry about the swelling of it as the priest did. All you got to do is obey what God said to do. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We know that. But sometimes we don't want to pray because we know God's going to impress us to do something and we don't want to obey. So in order to get out of that, we don't pray. And we don't move. As a result, we're still in Heron. I don't like being stuck. How many it, it, it's a feeling, it's depressing to know that you're just stuck. That your life, that you you you've got yourself in a situation. And listen. These government subsidies, these government checks, and all that stuff. I got another letter in the mail last week that said they're extending me twenty-eight hundred dollars for what? Because they want me to to rely on those handouts all the time, and that when when I'm when I'm I'm afraid of COVID, so I'm staying home, so I don't go to work, so all this stuff works. It's all put together and orchestrated so that you get poorer and they get more control of you. That's my political statement of the day. I don't want, I don't need that. I need more of God. If there's everything, if there's anything in your life that you can rely on, it's you get more of God, fall in love with Jesus Christ all over again. all in love with Jesus Christ all over again. Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, when when he was called, when he was called. I could stop right there and preach for a while. How many have feel they've been called? Now, first of all, let me define what it is. People think when I was a kid, I'm called to the Lord. They think that it's a preacher pulpit ministry something or a missionary someplace. That's probably about maybe fine-tuning it a little bit. But God calls you out of whatever you're doing to get closer to him. So that you have more faith in him. So that you rely on him more. So that he's in control of your life anymore. Because he knows what's best for you. He's got a specific job for you to do. So he calls you. And you come to church. And you sit. In the church, you sit in the pew, you sit in the chair, you're in the atmosphere, you're in the worship service, and and the Word of God preaches, and it's taught, and it goes over, and you feel something down deep in your soul. You don't just listen with your ears. You listen down deep in your soul. How's the difference, Raj? The difference is I can't shake it. The difference is it happens and it gets down into my soul and and tears start flowing and everything. Why? It's because God is calling you. He's pulling you to do something. He wants you to change. He needs you to get closer to him. And he's gone all the way and he's got as close as he's going to get. Another scripture says, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. But the step has to come on our part. He don't have to keep calling all the time. Come on, Abraham. Come on, Abram, get out of Haran. Come on, Abram, get out of Haran. When he was called. How many screen their calls? internet and you know what it always is the people that are selling these auto warranties they find me everywhere I got a work phone and they find it how'd you get this number I think sometimes God might even deliver us a Amazon box and come on and send you a message that you got a box delivered. And you hurry and open the door and open it up and says, Hey, Raj, it's God. I need some time. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should receive which he should after receive for an inheritance here's the word he obeyed and he went not knowing whether he was going but lord i don't i don't really know what you want me to do you know our problem is we have a mentality that everything's got to be listed is that just me i got to know you, well, you you have it on your car. You get in there and you navigate, and you put it in, and it says go make a ride. And you look and you see, oh yeah, okay, I see where I'm going. Okay, let's go. It's not that way with God. It require that requires no faith. That requires really no trust. It's when I'm I'm called. It's when okay, Lord. How how many has has God ever woken up in the middle of the night? You don't know why, you just can't sleep. And it's not because you need warm chocolate milk or another box of Cheerios or whatever you get up in the middle of the night. It's not that. It's that he needs you to do something. I don't know what to do, Lord. Well, just get up and start praying. And all you got to do is start conversation with him. And that's when he'll going to enlighten you. Why? Because he called you. And you obeyed. It's the same thing. that happens all the time here. God will call you to this altar, and all I've got to do is take a step out. And that's the hardest part: is the first step. That I need God so much. But yet we list all the people. Well, this person's gonna look at me, and I, you know my hair's messed up, and you know I, I I didn't wear my my praying tie, and you know I. You need to throw all that stuff out. And you need to get at this mindset that it's just you and God. That's when I got the Holy Ghost. When I said, I don't care who's listening. I don't care what I look like. I don't care anything else. All I need is, all I got to understand is, I need God. And it doesn't matter what happens. I just need you, Lord. And that's the mindset we have to have nowadays, especially That I need to go back and read the news again? By faith, Abraham obeyed. He went out not knowing whether he went. Verse 9, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country. (laughs) How many has God ever promised you something? It's a land of promise. That's where you're heading. That's why when you have a moving day, it's smile time. That's why you you say, "Oh man, my back." That's another piece of equipment that I forgot. You got to put your back brace on when you get my age, because you can't really pick up a lot of stuff all the time like you used to. You used to be the Hulk and just throw it in a truck, you know. Can't do that anymore. Got to watch. I got to go real slow. I got to go up the ramp, you know. <laughs> Takes me a while. Takes me a couple days to move, Sister Bruce, and load up all the stuff. <laughs> I don't know about that stuff. I watched my grandma with that. I, was, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So we've got to know it's a promise of God. You know what he promised me? He promised me no matter where I went, he would go with me. He promised me if I needed healing, he'd heal me. He promised me wherever, and my name's not Abraham, but you know what? It kind of works. He promised wherever i put my foot that he's going to go there. No matter where I'm at or what county I'm in or what city I'm in, God's going to have a revival. And no matter where you go and what you do, He's going to bring people to you. Again, it's your calling. Again, it's your ministry. Again, God's got something for you to do. And I got to move. I got to move. A land of promise. Even when they dwelt in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with whom of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now I know we're not building a city. But God's got something for you. Yeah, the sand is hot. Yeah. The tent leaks when it rains. Yeah, it's sometimes miserable. Yeah, you know, I, I look kind of like Asa back in, in the Psalm 72. I was when he, he says, When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, my foot and I slipped, and I thought, oh man, what's gonna go on? Look, God's blessing. All these people got all this stuff, and I got a leaky tent. I got a sick camel, and you want me to move? But he says, until I got to the house of God, until I went into his sanctuary, until I started singing songs of Zion, until I understood that you're worthy, God, of all the praise, it doesn't matter what goes on at work. It doesn't matter how things happen in the neighborhood. It doesn't matter all of that stuff. What matters is I'm in your presence that's what matters. So you, who God is calling, every service, every service, God's calling you. And you think, "Come on, Lord, can't you just go pick on somebody else?" You know what? He showed the, the Scripture says that the Father seeketh such to worship Him. This is a, this is a simple lesson. This one is all I got to do is worship. All I got to do is lift my hands in his presence. All I got to do is is, is is feel after him that I'll find him because he's not far from every one of us, the scripture says. All, I, all he wants is worship. That's kind of a first step thing. When I make my mind up and say, I'm not worshiping the devil anymore, that kind of makes the devil really mad. That Raj, I used to have that Raj, you know, all, all that stuff, that lifestyle before. But when you come into the house of God, When you make your mind up to say, it doesn't matter what song, I'm going to clap my hands. It doesn't matter what song, I'm going to jump out and rejoice. It doesn't matter how, I'm going to dance and do things for God. Why? He's worthy of the worship. And I'm going to show the devil that he's worthy of the worship, and I'm not worshiping him anymore. Worshiping the Lord. Because I'm called every service, every message. I know the Lord's going to pour out his blessings more. And I'm just crazy enough that I think that there's more stuff coming. That it's just going to take us this long anymore. It's not going to take us that long to get to that certain level in spirit. Because God's going to meet us even more intensely. I I, I feel that and I've said it before. I feel that here that the difference of the last few years that this church has prayed more than ever. And it's so easy to quickly respond to the presence of God when you're familiar with the Spirit of God. Because there'll be times when you'll need to familiarize yourself with the Spirit of God, and if you're not familiar, He's not there. That's what the enemy of your soul wants. He doesn't want you to move. He doesn't want you to seek out God spiritually. He doesn't want you to do anything. He wants you to stay the same you are. But this day in Asia we live in, we can't stay the same. I can't live the same as I was last month. I've got to increase myself better. That makes sense? I understand. Even though we sell ourselves I, I like it where I'm at, there's no problem being comfortable, but you still have to be committed. There's time for vacation. There's time for rest. Jesus even took time to rest. Time to go to war. It's time to move. If you look at the uh, the name of Terah, T-E-R-A-H, who was Abraham's father, the definition of his name is Delay. That's true. As long as Tara was alive, Abram delayed. That's what it said. We read it. Tara died. Verse 12, chapter 12, God called him out again. Sometimes you, your family can keep you back. Your friends can keep you back. Personal example, and I'm hurrying. My grandfather, he was born a year before the Wright brothers flew their plane. Oh, man, Roger, you're really old. Francis Cobb was born in 1902. Grandpa Cobb always wanted, so he had nine children. He always wanted the kids to stay on the farm. Why? It's free labor. I want the farm to produce. I want the farm to do things. You know, I got all my kids around me. Isn't that great? You know what happened? They all left. He didn't like that. Sometimes your family kind of holds you back. I think of Moses' mother, Miriam, or that's his sister, Jochebed. Had to build the bulrush little ark and just set him out in there and let him go. What mother would do that? But you know what? It was something from God. Because you've got to have that faith to say no matter what, I love you no matter what, Tara, but you're kind of keeping me back. And that's exactly what happened. It's the Scripture says, or scholars believe that Abram stayed there from six to seven years doing nothing. But you you don't know, though, but he could have been opened a new business. He he could have, uh, you know, helped out the neighbors and everybody who loved him could have, you know, done a lot of things. Six to seven years. We don't have six to seven years. We don't have six to seven months. God's wanting to do things now. He's a now God. I need some now faith for this now God. I can't wait for next week. I can't wait for, for next month. I can't wait till I start feeling like it. There's really no feeling like it. God's calling you today. He wants you to do stuff today, He wants things to happen today. That's why He's going to help us when it comes time. So Abram, leaving Earl with the family, Until Tara died. Nothing matters more in our life than our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll understand that he's all that I need. He's all I need. Let me know that song. You ever sing that one down the hallway at work? He's all I need. People don't, when they hear that, they think, boy, you're crazy. They don't understand. They don't understand. Matthew 10, 37 and 39, and I'm hearing, he that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth the son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He's saying not that they don't love them, is that the love of Christ has got to override all of that love. That it has to take the place of all of that everybody's got their spot and everybody's got their place of love. But you know what has to override and be the most in your life? is the love for Jesus Christ. When I put him in his position that I'm supposed to be in, things start working out the way they're supposed to happen. It's when I don't, when I do my thing, when I'm not as committed, when I like my stuff, When I want to stay the same that I've always stayed and let somebody else worry about revival, let somebody else pray at the altar, let somebody else pray for revival somewhere else, let somebody else go on the prayer walk, let somebody else do this stuff. You get what I mean. Verse 38, he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. That's when you go somewhere with God. When you lose everything to him. It's that prayer meeting that you don't really know or care what time it is. That you're just lost in the presence of God. Yeah. But I have a good inherin, New friends, new job, new neighborhood, all my stuff just coming together, and the enemy of your soul is trying its best to convince you not to move, just stay there, Rod, you're fine, you don't have to backslide, you don't have to commit some serious sin, all you got to do is do nothing, Huh. Hebrews 11 again, by faith Abraham, when he was called out to go into a place which he should not have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the promise. For he looked for a city with foundations, whose builder maker was God. I love him today. Don't you let's stand. Musicians, please come. God can do anything for you. The problem is we don't let him. First Peter 2 and 9, I mentioned a little bit of this, but ye are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people. You guys catch any of this royal funeral stuff and No? Yeah. Come on, some of you ladies say, "Oh, look, this is so and they got to do this and go through that." That's royalty mess. I'd rather have that royalty. Yeah. Any day. <laughs> any day. They have all these servants and stuff and you know they have the sniffles, they have somebody to come and wipe their nose and all that kind of stuff. Th- I don't th- that's not living. Living is doing what God wants me to do. Ah, That's living. A peculiar people you are, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Aren't you glad you answered the call? Do you think that God just calls you once? All the time, God's called you. He's got you on speed dial. Got rid of little Debbie off a of speed dial. Now it's Raj. Huh. God's still calling and convictioning and convicting you to move. Abram wasn't coerced to move. He wasn't begged. He was just simply called. There wasn't a reason for him. You know, he wasn't going to get a gift card or something like that if he stepped out by faith and and did something. It was all or nothing. Because he didn't like where he was. The word to know today is obedience. Yep, there's sandy trails, there's mountains. And sometimes it was miserable. But all Abraham still has to do is move in the promises of God. Moving in the promises of God. Last Sunday morning, if you wasn't here at the pre-service prayer, there was tongues and interpretation given. And I remember it. I got four words out of it stop relying on yourself because it's not going to happen it's not going to work if we rely on ourselves it's all about him because you affect people that you have no idea and that's what it's all about it's not about us it's about the kingdom It's about people that you'll reach. It's about people that need a word from God, and you, my friend, are the one that's going to provide it. But you can't when you live in Heron. You've got to come, and you've got to live, and you've got to move where God wants you to go. Delay is dead, and it's time, my friend, to move. I want to leave you with one portion of Scripture. Psalms 121. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. You'll find yourself when you get called from God that there's nobody else there, but He's there. That's when you've got to lift up your eyes to where He's at. That's when you've got to put your stuff down and go to praying again. That's when when you hear some bad news and it's time to pray again. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. That's a promise of God. That gives me faith to journey. Why? Because I know God's watching over me all the time. He's not sleeping it off somewhere. He's a God that will hear my cry. He's a God that will guide my footstep. He's a God that told me where to go. He told me. He called me into this All because I decided to answer the call and move my stuff with him. This altar's open today. You need something from the Lord? Come on. You need to answer that call? Come on. God's got something for you today. I'm here, Lord, for you. I'm here, Lord, because I need an answer. I'm here, Lord, because I need some help. I don't know where it's coming from or how, but you're going to do it because it's a promise. And all I've got to do is move in my life spiritually. Yes, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. We need revival, Lord. they don't
2: says that He has spoken in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us, Lord, continue in faith, Lord, following after you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, we know you have great things in store. And God, if we haven't experienced them here yet, that means they're still out there, and you're still trying to lead us to them. Amen. To, To live by faith, is to let God say, hey, we're moving. Let's go to a place, and you're, you're saying, God, where? But where, where? We're like, we're like our kids, and we say, are we there yet, God? Are we there yet, God? As much as we, those, our, our kids nag us, aren't we like that sometimes? You'll know when you reach the destination, won't you? I know that God's got great things in store for us, and we're, we're not there yet. Why? Because we would know. We would see it. You see the miracle signs and wonders that God has in store, Amen. I believe that they're here; they're around the corner. God's trying to move us there, Amen. But we gotta say, "Okay, God, lead me." I'm just gonna load up the boxes. I'm gonna go, gonna walk by faith, trusting you, trusting you and your word, Amen. Because God knows what He's doing, right? We're also likened unto clay in a potter's hands that God can mold and shape. The hard clay God throws out, and if our hearts get hardened, then God can't can't do what he wants to do in our lives. We gotta remain moldable and shapeable in his hands. Amen, and that's walking by faith. Amen, and letting God lead us, amen. We're all our own Abraham. We're all gotta leave our own things behind, and God's got a place and a promise for every single one of us, amen, and a place for the church. Amen. I'm glad to be a part of what God is doing. Amen. Amen. Before we, before we dismiss, uh, we want to um, honor um, our worship leader today uh, for all that she has Amen. done. Don't we have, don't we love Sister Leslie? Woo! What she does. Amen. There's a there's a card going around. We got a card for her. It's yeah. going around somewhere. Uh, and so we'll have it for her at the end of the service, I guess. But um, I tell my wife all the time, we are blessed to have her as our worship leader. Amen. Yes, we are. Amen. Amen. I've, we, we've been around to many churches and different conferences and things, and every time I say, we're blessed. They can have their worship leader. We'll have ours. Amen. Amen. We're going to have revival. We appreciate Sister Leslie and all that she does in the worship team. The musicians to lead us every single service, man, to the presence of God, amen. Be sure to to let her know how much you appreciate her, amen, and all that she does, amen. And that's just one part of the body. We're all members, right? We're all members of the body. We all contribute, and we need to make sure we're doing our best for the body. It's not about us, but it's about the body of Christ, isn't it? Amen. We. We love in each uh, each and every one of you. Amen. We pray for you. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus name. Amen. Let's go. Let's go and throw away some of the old boxes and let God lead us to a new place.